0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. I'm Tony Camarena.
1: And I'm Alicia Thayer. And today we're talking about Captain America The First Avenger Part 1, uh, which is from the beginning of the movie to when he catches the spy awesome <laughs>
2: so before we uh begin actually talking about the movie uh just this part of the movie let's talk about the movie as a whole like what do you guys think of the movie as a whole al
0: oh god i love this movie um you know when i was re-watching it um i f- i had completely forgotten that this was the first movie where they really amped up the amount of kind of comedy stuff you know the one-liners and all of that the previous mm-hmm. movies had it mm-hmm. but they really step it up and it and I, I know it steps up way more in The Avengers, but uh, this was kind of that first one where they really started gaining that momentum or where we're seeing the momentum. So it was you know, just rewatching it, seeing these one-liners. It was great. God, I loved it. Um, yeah. But no, this was, this was great. Yeah. This also, just kind of a, a side note, this happens to be the first movie that I watched with my uh, now-fiancé. So I think oh. this movie worked out great for me. <laughs> huh. Well, I'm glad you got a good movie out of that. The first movie
2: I saw with my wife was the first Hobbit movie, and that's not a great movie. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. I
1: like the first Hobbit movie. I like uh, all the Hobbit movies, though, so there's that. It's,
2: a good, it's an okay movie. I I don't think it's a great movie. What do you yeah, think about this movie, though, Alicia?
1: Um, I like I rewatching the movies for for this has been an interesting experience because like I like to rewatch them every once in a while but having to sit down and rewatch them it's been like oh yeah this is why I haven't watched this in a while or oh, this is pretty good but I still don't know that I would have watched it again but Captain America rewatching I was like why haven't I rewatched this I was mm-hmm. like. I I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um and I was right. The one-liners, they stepped up their game. A lot of my honorable mentions for this are the one-liners because they made me giggle. Like I'm sitting at work watching this silly movie again and I'm giggling to myself and my coworkers like, "What are you doing?" So <laughs> I think I think out of all the ones we've reviewed so far, I think this is the most rewatchable one we've done. Tony what did you think of the movie?
2: Captain America is my favorite superhero all around. So when I first saw this, I was really nervous that they were going to screw him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I just uh, think they did this movie perfectly. It's one of my favorite uh, MC movies. Um, mm-hmm. And... I like the throwback to the old school movie making. Like, you can tell that they filmed a lot of this on soundstage, but I think that's a positive thing. It feels like an Indiana Jones or a Star Wars where you could tell it's been built, but you see how much care has been put into everything they built for this movie. Right. Awesome. All right. As uh, we go into our discussion for this part of the movie, I'll start us off with our Wikipedia summary. In the present day, scientists in the Arctic uncover an old, frozen aircraft. In March 1942, Nazi officer Johann Schmidt and his men steal a mysterious relic called the Tesseract, which possesses untold powers from the town of Tonsberg in German-occupied Norway. In New York City, Steve Rogers is rejected for World War II military recruitment because of various health and physical problems, while attending an exhibition of future technologies with his friend. Sergeant James Bucky Barnes, Rogers again attempts to enlist. Overhearing Rogers' conversation with Barnes about wanting to help in the war, Dr. Abraham Erskine allows Rogers to enlist. He is recruited into the Strategic Scientific Reserve as part of a super-soldier experiment under Erskine. Colonel Chester Phillips and British Agent Peggy Carter Phillips is uh, unconvinced by Erskine's claims that Rogers is the right person for the procedure, but relents after seeing Rogers commit an uh, act of self-sacrificing bravery. The night before the treatment, Erskine reveals to Rogers that Schmidt went under an imperfect version of the procedure and suffered permanent side effects. Schmidt and Dr. Armin Zola harness the energies of the Tesseract, intending to use uh, the power to fuel Zola's inventions mounting an offensive that will change the world. Schmidt discovers Erskine's location and dispatches assassin Heinz Kruger to kill him. Erskine subjects Rogers to the super soldier treatment, inject him with a special serum and dosing him with a Vita-Rays. After Rogers emerges from the experiment, taller and more muscular, an undercover Kruger kills Erskine and flees. Rogers pursues and captures Kruger, but the assassin avoids interrogation by committing suicide with a cyanide capsule.
1: That was hidden in his tooth. Yeah. Like, you hear about that crap and things and see it in movies, but this was, like, I think the first one where I actually saw them use the tooth.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like that would be really dangerous, because what if you were hungry, and then your teeth Oh, Well, what grows? if
1: you're... <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what if you're like me who grinds their teeth at night? Do you take it out at night, or do you have it in all the time? Well, I
2: feel like I'd be afraid of falling down and choking and dying, or me just swallowing it and dying, so I right? would take it out when I'm sleeping, unless I'm undercover when I'm asleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would probably I be worse, but, but is it that the actual capsule, like, is the tooth, like, if that breaks, it releases the cyanide, or... Do you have to kind of, like, pull that out and then break something else inside? Like, it's just kind of a hidden compartment. Well, it looks
1: like he just removed it from his teeth and yeah. then crunched down on it. Yeah. So I assume it's just the tooth itself.
2: Yeah, I think it's probably, like, a plastic or some type of coating so it doesn't, like, just melt. Because I don't know the consistency mm-hmm. of cyanide, but I'm thinking it would be more like an aspirin tablet and then it would dissolve in your saliva. Mhm. So you don't want your saliva obviously getting on it, so it's probably covered with stuff and that's why you've got to do the crunch. Mhm. But yeah. well, there's a reason I, there's a reason I'm not a secret assassin as far as you guys know because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about this stuff. And I okay. don't think I'd want to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so let's move on to our rankings of our favorite scenes of the uh movie or at least this portion of the movie. Um So, Tony, do you want to start with your number three? Yeah.
2: Uh, My number three is when it's still Skinny Steve, and he's, uh, I I should say fighting the bully, but he's more getting pummeled by the bully. Mm -hmm. And just the first time you hear uh, his MCU phrase, I can do this all day, where he's not going to back down for doing what's right. And it proves why he's the right person to get the super soldier serum. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does come back up. Like, I, I remember watching the movie and hearing it come back up and up and up. And I think it comes back up in later movies, too. Yeah, so it
2: definitely sets it against uh, Iron Man in uh, Civil War, which mm-hmm. was a really, like, exciting part of that movie. In a very exciting movie, that was a very exciting part for me in that movie. hmm Yeah. So in three years when we cover it, that might be on my list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh All yeah. right. Oh, uh, I just wanted so, to mention, but... um, since we were kind of okay. talking about that scene, um, this isn't in my top three or anything, but since we're here, um, mm-hmm. I kind of like the, the foreshadowing that they did in this movie, because that, you know, he, he pulls out a sheath, a thing to use as a shield in that fight when he's getting attacked, yeah. and, um, just kind of keeps using that shield. They they do that a lot throughout the movie. Like, I, I never noticed before I was, uh, quote unquote, forced to watch this movie, you know, to talk about it while being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you you forced. I I'm never forced to watch these movies,
2: even five movies in. These aren't really assignments to me. I still love watching all of them.
0: That's true. It is more of a gentle suggestion, but yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> does doesn't take a lot for that. But you know, one of those things that I don't notice because I don't have to think about talking about them. Mm, but, that's true. Yeah, back to yeah. back to this. Uh, Alicia, what's your number three?
1: Hmm. My number three is uh. The scene where uh, Johan goes to get the Tesseract. Alright. Um, and it's it's my number three because as we've been talking about the other villains from the other movies, but I feel like he's the real, the most real villain we've had so far.
2: Yeah, he's the most um, well he's, he's a real evil. I mean Nazis yeah. are historically a real evil, unlike Someone with a super soldier suit or a big monster or a god. So yeah, right. I agree with that. But
1: I feel like he he takes the cake in this as a to, compared to Obadiah Stain and Vanko and uh, uh, really, Loki? I think the other ones...
2: Yeah, evil, evil yeah, Loki. Yeah, and
1: Loki. <laughs> uh, because he goes and finds something and he doesn't have to kill everyone. And I don't think the other villains would have... Whereas he's like, well, I can save your village. Just tell me where the stupid thing is, and then he's like, okay, I got it. Now open fire.
2: Oh yeah, you're like. I feel like you're saying he's more of a general evil instead of like an evil for yeah. that one person. Yeah, he's
1: yeah. he's more villain than the other ones have been so mm-hmm.
2: far. I agree. Yeah, he's definitely after Loki. I think he's my second favorite movie villain. Maybe Ultron's mm-hmm. up there, but yeah. I think, in my opinion, and I know we're not there yet, but uh, a lot of the TV shows have stronger villains than most of the movies.
1: Yes. Yeah. I haven't watched all the TV shows, so I have no idea. You'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, you're you're right. I mean, he's just, like, pure evil, because that... that... You know, getting what he wants and then just killing people—he does that more than yeah. once throughout the movie. Oh yeah,
1: very, very much more than once. He has no problem murdering somebody, even if it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, in the later scene, um, he when their his like bases or whatever are getting destroyed, he goes one guy comes out and goes, we fought till the last man. And he goes, evidently not. And shoots him. Yeah. It's like, he didn't have to do that, but he's like, nope, I'm pissed off. I, I don't like this. You're, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just this scene sh- is the beginning showing part of that. And I was just as like, holy cow. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Al, what's your number three?
0: Uh, so my number three is um, pretty much toward the, or right at the end, basically, of uh, this this third of the movie uh, when Cap mm-hmm. is chasing that spy dude. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the spy is using that kid as a shield. Uh, again, <laughs> going with the whole foreshadowing thing. So he's <laughs> using the kid as a shield, and he just chucks the kid into the into the water. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, all right, well, now I, I guess I'll save the kid. So he runs over there. Kid's like, no, 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 I can swim. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. catch him! Go get yeah. him! I can swim, elephant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was so good. And again, kind of going back to that whole, um, you know, that that, that whole uh, more comedy, one-liners in this movie. So it was just hilarious. Oh yeah,
2: um, <laughs> yeah. This movie uh, was the first movie that they did after they hired Joss Whedon for uh, the Avengers, and Joss Whedon rewrote part of the script. And I feel like, oh. as a big Joss Whedon fan, I could really feel his sense of humor and stuff like that. In this movie,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. It it definitely like knowing that now, comparing it to the Avengers movie, you could definitely see it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, well, Al, let's go with your number two.
0: Okay. So my number two is uh when uh, Steve Rogers was going through boot camp, and there was a oh, scene yes. where they were all running and they're saying, "Hey, get the flag." <laughs> so before I go on, is is anyone punting me? Or are we good?
2: No. no this, good. Uh,
0: this is one of my honorable
2: mentions, but you can go.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the scene was great. You know, the, the drill sergeant dude was telling everyone, what was it? It was 15 years or some long amount of time um, that he's been telling people whoever gets the flag gets to go back with the car. Cause they, they've just run however far and that's only halfway. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then no one, no one's able to get it cause they're all just jumping all over each other. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, Steve was like, huh? Well, I mean, obviously that doesn't work, but. I mean they, they have to bring it down somehow. Oh hey, little screw thing. Let me let me just pull this out. It falls over. Awesome. I was just kind of more surprised no one no one else there was an ass and just kinda of ran out and grabbed it first. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> I half expected that. But yeah. no, that was that, that was great because it's also showing off Steve Rogers just being a good candidate for the Super Soldier serum, right? Because mm. not only, you know, is he you know, the the good guy that they're aiming for, but He's also intelligent. He's also capable of, of thinking on his feet when he needs to, unlike, you know, the other people they were showing, which were very much the only try the one first item that comes to mind kind of thing.
1: Yeah. He thinks outside the box.
2: Yeah. And uh most of the other people in this boot camp, uh, they use their muscles to probably get what they wanted, where Steve has had to think outside the box, like Alicia just said, and had the he never had that tool to use before. So he's always had to think his way out of things.
0: That's true. Yeah. Cool. Exactly.
1: So. All right. I'm gonna go with my number two. Uh, and mine is just before the the chasing of the agent. Uh, when they're doing the procedure on Steve, and when it's just finished, and we get the lovely, lovely fan service, and uh, the we get to see Agent Carter's almost inability to not touch his chest (laughs) um okay so we so we get to watch her and she's not the only one in fact like Erskine and stark are holding him up and you can obviously stark's face he's like holy cow now i don't know if he's like holy cow look what we did or like holy cow uh (laughs) <laughs> Steve is awesome <laughs> because he is. Uh, but definitely Agent Carter, she's like, Ooh, t- nope, can't touch that. Yeah. That That's was that. That, that was sad. actually
2: uh improved, that part with her. Because Oh, was it? Yeah. Like I've doing. seen that multiple times where they're talking about that moment. It's like Haley Atwell, the first time she's uh Chris Evans with the shirt off is just like too much for her.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just, I just really like that scene because you, you get the, you get Steve's perseverance in that scene. And then you just get the, uh, the, the slightly comedic version of it too. Cause you're like, holy cow, look what they did to him. And then everybody's staring at him and everything. And she just says, can't touch him. I was like, <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: all
1: right. So, any, you want to go through your number two?
2: Yeah. Um, my number two is, uh, Peggy's introduction when she goes to, um, uh, she introduces herself in front of the uh, boot camp, and that guy mm-hmm. Hodge is just, you know, kind of catcalling her and stuff like that. Oh, no! Pun! Pun! Okay, fine! fine.
1: <laughs> in fact, uh, we can talk about it right now because we'll, we'll just do my number one. All right. So go for it. <laughs> well,
2: I'll just continue exactly where it was.
1: And... Sorry, I was like, wait, we're at number two.
2: <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, just uh, her winding up in punching him and taking him down, just showing that she's as strong as any of the men. She's not going to be the damsel in distress like pretty much all the other women have been so far in the MCU. And just mm-hmm. Peggy Carter is my favorite non-superhero character in all of the MCU. It's like, I love yeah. her in the TV show, I love her in this, and I just... She's just my favorite, because she doesn't... Sit back. She's part of the action. She doesn't take anybody. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to avoid saying that word so I don't have to edit it. But okay. (laughs) My bad.
1: Yeah, I like how she sets him up for it, too. She's like, put your foot forward. And she's like, oh, "Oh, are we going to (laughs) wrestle? I can show you some things you'll like. And then she just punches him and knocks him down the ground. And then the colonel comes over and goes, I see you're breaking into recruits. Like, this is a normal thing for her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So. <laughs> it just, it, it, like you said, it just shows the the greatness of Agent Carter and how awesome she is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. All right. Al, do you want to do your number one and then we'll go back to Tony?
0: Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so my number one is just, um, it's it's because uh, you know how, how much I like to cheat at things. Um, it's not actually a specific mm-hmm. scene part, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the Red Skull in his mountain cave. It's like <laughs> the epitome of an evil lair, and it's so <laughs> awesome. It's, it's built into the side of a, of a mountain. It has this giant window in, in his area. Uh, we see later in the movie, it's a full-on compound. It's, it's got everything. It's just this awesome evil lair. I just mm-hmm. loved it so much. It's my, it's my number one for this.
2: Yeah, I like that. I really like um, seeing the guy painting, and you never see the painting, which always disappointed me, but just the mounds of red paint that he's using to paint him, I think it's great. Right?
1: (laughs) How much do you think he spent on that?
2: (laughs) I think at this point, he pretty much has infinite um, resources. Alright, Tony, on to your number one? Yeah, um, my number one is, uh, kind of like Al's, it's just one really long section, um, it's evening encompasses part of Al's previous thing. It's the whole chase scene where it has his new powers It has Peggy being a badass. It has him picking up his door shield. Um, mm-hmm. the joke of the kids, uh, saying, uh, go get him! I can swim. Just, I love when a character gets a new power. Um, Tony doing his suit for the first time and slamming into the roof. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve right here. Um, Running into the bridal shop on accident because he's never run that fast before, right? And like even in the not great amazing Spider-Man movies, the one of my favorite parts is when uh, Peter gets his powers for the first time and is just breaking stuff and sticking to stuff. And I just I find that funny and I find it so real because I feel like if we got powers like that, we wouldn't understand it and we'd run into stuff and we'd break things all the time. And I think it's great.
1: It is. <laughs> It it's a very human aspect of things. It's mm-hmm. like, as opposed to some other movies where we they know how to work their powers instantly. This one is, hey, we have these things, and whoa, uh, we don't really know what we're doing. So now we have to play with them to figure them out. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very realistic way of doing things.
2: Yeah. Um. Even uh, Man of Steel did it pretty well when he slammed into a mountain and destroyed it. Even though. Haven't After that, it. he was it was perfect. So it, it wasn't a great part, but it's like that was the best part of that movie.
1: Okay. Just, all yeah. right, <laughs> on to honorable mentions.
2: Yeah. Um. Did we hit all? Yeah, we hit all three number ones. Yeah, honorable yep. mentions.
1: Okay. Um. Uh, Al, do you have any?
0: Um. Well, so there are so many great parts, even in this third, first third of the movie, that I decided mm-hmm. to just not make any honorable mentions. Because any that would have been on that list, we've already talked about. Agent Carter being awesome, uh, Cap not being able to control his body when he was running. Um, so I'm going to go with no. I have none. Because this first third of the movie was just that awesome. All right.
2: Tony? Yeah, um, I have one left. I had three, but my other two was Steve's training and the flag part. And then uh, mm-hmm. Steve's transformation, which we already talked about. But my other honorable mention is uh, Schmidt's car. And I am not a car guy, but I think that is the coolest car ever. Just a giant, it, it's like, pretty awesome. eight-wheeled... I don't even... I looked it up, and it's just an amalgamation of, like, seven different cars from that time. But I just... I really <laughs> like that car.
1: <laughs> it is pretty awesome. And the detail they put into it is really, really cool.
2: hmm
1: Like, I mean, you. he's got the little own... His own little hood ornament hydra thing that's like, huh... So, yeah.
2: Yeah. How about you, Alicia? Okay. Do you have any honor mentions?
1: I do. I have two because surprisingly, they didn't get covered. Uh, one is the night before the uh, procedure done to Steve and uh, him and, uh, oh God, I'm going to blink on his name. Erskine? Erskine. Yeah. Yes. Erskine and him are in the tent and he opens up a bottle of schnapps and starts to pour it and he goes, wait, 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 wait. You can't drink that. You have a procedure <laughs> tomorrow. And he goes, oh, well. We'll just drink it when I'm done. He's like, "No, I'll drink it now." <laughs> yeah, I don't have this, this procedure <laughs> tomorrow. I'll drink it now. I don't have a procedure. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just funny because he takes both glasses and drinks them. Yeah. Um, and then my other one is, it, it comes up a lot. Is the is this a test? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, Steve's just like, "Is this a test?" Yeah. And I, Especially I, with the with the grenade, it's just, is this a test?
2: Yeah, and I like so, Erskine's what, honesty. The two times he asks, Erskine's yeah. uh, like. Yeah, it was
1: a test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two honorable mentions.
2: All right. So to Easter eggs, uh, there are quite a few mm. Easter eggs. So um, yes. either of you, or we'll start with Alicia. Alicia, do you have any Easter eggs?
1: Um, I don't for this portion of the movie.
2: Okay. How about you, Al?
0: Uh, I have two. I get the feeling my two are on your list. You have a much better eye for these kinds of things. So, so uh, I'll go first so that yeah. I can steal your two, or these All two right. at least from you. No, <laughs> oh, I have much more um, than 2 this time. I won't get angry. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Phew. Uh all right, so the the only two Easter eggs I have are from uh when Steve Rogers and and Bucky are at the uh uh I actually forgot what the name of it. Uh, the Stark Expo no, it's,
2: the... it's a World's Fair. This is before Stark. World's Fair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. But
0: Stark it was, was like there. the lead yeah. up
1: to Stark. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. It's the lead
1: up to Stark Expo. <laughs>
0: Okay, um, so the the main Easter egg I have is where we see the Human Torch suit, just mm-hmm. kind of shown and, and displayed, which which is the uh, the original Android Human Torch, not the Fantastic Four guy, um, oh. from when uh, Cap and um, uh, Namor. Oh, I'm blanking out on the guy. Namor, yeah, there you go. Namor when they were all in the Invaders team and they were uh, doing their World War II fighting and all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, feel like I that's did also, not
1: even notice that. Yeah, that's
2: also a callback to the fact that Chris Evans was the Human Torch, also different Human Torch.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's right. He was Human Torch. Yeah. <laughs> like those movies get a lot of crap, but I like them. Yeah, they're, or at least they're I like the first one. I mean, they're better than
2: the current um, Fantastic or the newest Fantastic Four. Not better than the
0: Incredibles, which is the best Fantastic Four movie.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Al, you had the second one.
0: Yeah, this is not really an Easter egg, so it might not even be on your list. Uh, calling out the flying car that Stark was kind of showing off, right? Because yeah. you know that does show up later, uh, and it's all over the comics. Um, yeah. Anyone really important has a flying car. That's uh, true, but yeah, just kind it's of another awesome. thing. Yeah. All right, Tony, educate us and all the other things that we completely uh, missed.
2: All right. Um, About the flying car, the reversion technology is a precursor. It's a repulsor technology in the comics, also. So oh. Tony perfects that and uses it in his suit. But uh, the Easter eggs, one is not an Easter egg. Another flashback. This whole movie is a flashback. Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't all a dream. Yeah. When we
2: get to the she end, could of the... Be. he wakes up. Hm? Yeah, we get to the end of the MCU, and the whole thing was a dream.
0: And then I would be really, really annoyed. Mad.
1: I would get really. Yeah, mad. I would be really annoyed. Yeah.
0: I would too, but if it was all um, Stan Lee's dream, I might be okay with it.
2: Well, I was thinking. Yeah, all... you're right. I might too. It was all Tony's dream. He was trying to see, He hits the ceiling that one time, and he's just in a coma ever since. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that would be funny uh okay and more
2: yeah um i did something i don't usually do um i threw some actors in here like some well-known actors at least they're well known to me um Uh the first person to be protecting the tester act is david bradley who is in three of my favorite things he's walder frey in game of thrones he's filch in harry Um, potter
1: Oh, that's why I recognized him. Yeah. Okay, go and, on.
2: And he's the—he's um, going to be the first Doctor this Christmas in uh, the Christmas special of Doctor Who. And he was uh, the first Doctor in uh, the TV movie they made for the 50th anniversary, uh, Adventure in Space and Time.
1: Okay, that's yeah. cool.
2: And then um, we got two more actors. We've got Jenna Coleman. Is This is her first role. She plays Steve's date for that scene at the World's Fair. And she's oh. Clara in Doctor Who. She's uh, a companion of the 11th and 12th Doctor. Oh.
1: That's yeah, why I she looks
2: so familiar. Yeah. 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 And the assassin. and like, I kind of recognize him. And I really had to look him up. Uh, the assassin is uh, Richard Armitage Thorin in the Hobbit movies. You don't. Oh, is he really? Yes, he is. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, I was like, he looks something about his eyes—not the rest of his face because they're usually covered yeah. in a beard—but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of major actors who are now major actors in very bit roles in this movie.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
2: So, um, right. some other Easter eggs. Uh, when uh, Schmidt holds or finds a tesseract for the first time. He has that line, and the Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert. It's a reference mm-hmm. to Raiders of the Lost Ark because of oh. him looking for the Ark of the Covenant in the desert. So I yeah. believe Indiana Jones is a superhero, and he will cross over with the Avengers someday, or at least I hope so. Yeah,
1: Can we talk about the <laughs> historical context of that, by the way? Uh, it's actually true that Hitler was looking for uh, artifacts mm-hmm. for occult things so it's a it's a very cool little tie-in i don't know if many people know that fact but hitler actually really really did believe in the occult and like to like to try to find these things thought it helped win the war
2: and then he also definitely used the propaganda of norse gods because you know to them blonde haired blue-eyed gods it's perfect for the aryan race ideals yes yeah
0: (laughs) oh yeah i i really do hope tony that your your theory comes to 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 uh, pass about well, you know Indiana did, Jones essentially being a hero because Disney that would actually them. make me. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Disney Jones. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, that would actually give me a push to finally watch those movies because they've been on my list for a long time. You've never you seen those movies. Se- oh my
1: god. I've oh seen those. Oh my gosh.
0: Just assume I haven't seen a movie unless like I come out and say it. It's probably easier that way. Yeah,
1: I know. Oh my god, but we need to sit movies. him down and watch those. <laughs> Oh
0: my I God. have them, All actually. Right. I'm looking at them on my bookshelf right here, or DVD shelf. Oh, uh, they're mm-hmm. my dad's. I borrowed them, and I, I never got around to watching them. It's been, like, okay. seven years. Yeah, you're a terrible oh, person.
1: You, you're you a terrible person.
0: <laughs> oh, no longer. Nine years. Uh, okay. yeah,
1: but, long but, stop it. Stop it. You're gonna make you're me almost
2: a, You're almost a decade of being a terrible person.
1: Uh, <laughs> Alright, yeah. any more Easter eggs? Uh, Yeah,
2: um... We Obviously, we have the Tesseract, which is not an yes. Infinity Stone in the comics, but it's called the Cosmic Cube in the comics. And it just has, like, superpowers. It's like you hold it, and it's uh, a lot like the uh, Reality Stone. Whatever you think of will become true. Mm. So, um, in the comics, at least in the, uh, in the Ultimate Universe, that's how Bucky came back, was because S- Steve was holding the cube and just, you know, remembering Bucky. And that's how he came back. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we've got some connections to the wider MCU. Like uh, Tonsberg is where the Frost Giants fought the Asgardians in the um, the prologue to okay. Thor. Okay. And of course, uh, we have. Uh, I know Alicia's going to correct me on the pronunciation, but Idrisil, the World Tree. Yggdrasil. You uh, yeah, whatever she said, is um <laughs> <laughs> carved into the place where the Tesseract is hidden. Mm-hmm. And then um. Obvious one we've talked about before in The Incredible Hulk, but they use the serum again in The Incredible Hulk to give um, uh, Blonsky his powers. But I don't think they uh. used Vita Rays, which is why I think there were problems. Or he didn't get uh. bigger. At least that's my theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's it for my many, many Easter eggs for this round.
1: Awesome. Alright, I think that concludes our episode, does it not it yeah, Um, Just
2: for our listeners, we are um going to do our question is no longer a question of the episode, it's going to be a question of the movie. So we'll do our uh, what-if question next episode in part two of Captain America, the First Avenger.
1: All right, And please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore rewind and give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, uh, assuming you like this. Otherwise, silence is golden <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else no i think we're good all right this was the marvel cinemac rewind for captain america the first avenger part one signing off
2: have a marvelous day